imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global. We're so glad to have you with us today. And I'm so excited to bring you Katie Langford, who is going to talk to you about a topic that I think is really, really important, how to repurpose your career by successfully pivoting. Now, if you're like me, there have been points in your career where you felt disengaged in your day-to-day work. And so I have to ask you, do you lack the energy and enthusiasm to get your work done? Or worse, perhaps you really dread waking up in the morning to go to your job. Um, if you're staying on your career path simply because of the pay or the power or the title it offers, it may be time for a career change. Many people hit a plateau in their careers and feel an urge to do things differently. And the way that they've been working is simply no longer working for them. So a career pivot is simply doubling down on what is working in order to make a purposeful shift to a new and related direction in your career. Pivoting is an intentional, methodical process for nimbly navigating career changes. As you start to plan your own pivot, keep a word in mind, intentional. A pivot should make you feel maybe a little uncomfortable, but you should always feel a sense of confidence in what you're doing. So before you make any major decision about shifting your career goals, asking for a raise or promotion, or even updating your resume, spend a couple hours analyzing how far you've actually come in your career, the unique value that you add to every single role from that point of your career forward, and what you need to add to your arsenal to take that next step. Be sure you have that set of criteria to know exactly when it's time to make your move. Consider your financial benchmarks, your data planning, uh, progress milestones, and any other goals that are critical in your definition of success. Now, I will say, especially in my own life, you can prepare for weeks or months or even years, but a career pivot will always carry some risk. Still, that's often where the greatest opportunities lie. Making a career pivot will take time, but importantly, it'll take resilience, especially if you're moving into a new industry. It may feel strange to have less experience than you're used to having. And to talk to us about all of this, I'm so excited to welcome Katie Langford. Hi, Linda. Hi, Christina. Hi, Katie. We're so excited to have you on today. And we're thrilled to have you talk about how to repurpose your career by successfully pivoting. For those of you that don't know Katie, she's an executive coach, a speaker, and a podcast host. After a decade and a half of working, Katie found herself as a successful nonprofit leader at the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. She also found herself crying in her corner office because she knew this wasn't it. She decided she was done living life by someone else's design. I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. And when Katie decided to pivot, it was difficult for her to find stories of other women who were breaking the rules and pursuing dreams in non-traditional ways. She started coaching other women who wanted to make professional and personal changes. 
And the more she started coaching, the more she realized that there were many women who need and want to connect with rebellious, rule-breaking women who have plans for their own life. That's when Bold Women's Society was born. Katie Langford focuses on helping ambitious, savvy women live their biggest, boldest personal and professional lives. And as a former nonprofit executive, she built a life and a career she enjoyed, but always knew there was something more. She's obsessed with teaching women how to build and maintain their confidence. She believes that when women get really clear on what they want and engage her, their confidence muscles, I love that, they can achieve any goal they set. Welcome, Katie. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you, ladies. I am so excited to be here. And it's it's always so funny when you hear kind of your bio read back to you. And I know in some points I cringe, but hearing that and hearing just how far I've come from my own pivot, I, like I'm so excited. It's fantastic. And I'm so excited to get to talk about this topic to the leadership women who are out here listening to y'all's podcast. It's so important, such an important topic. So I want to jump right in. So there's so many people, especially now in, in our current situation with the current pandemic, who know that they hate or have outgrown their jobs, but they don't really have any awareness beyond that. So it's so important to get clear on why you're shifting or changing before you just start steamrolling towards something new. I think sometimes the push can be stronger than the pull. But Katie, how do you help women get clear on the why of a career pivot? Absolutely. So I think that when you start to pay attention, start to pay attention to the thoughts in your mind, start to pay attention to your body. I cannot tell you how many clients I have had who have come to me, not necessarily because they want to make a career pivot, but their body actually starts telling them that things need to change. Uh, you know, for me, it was when I knew I needed to change, but I wasn't ready. I went to the dentist and they took my blood pressure and I've always had standard, normal blood pressure. And I was in the danger zone. And it was the first wake up call for me to say, maybe this is something bigger. And so I think when we look at why we want to make a change, so often women get nervous about what everyone else outside of them is going to think. They start to think about what their friends will say, what their spouse will say, uh, what their colleagues and their peers will say. And I think that when we intentionally spend time with ourselves and listen and pay attention, you know, there's a reason why we call it a gut reaction. You feel when you need to make a change. And it's interesting what you said a minute ago, Christina, sometimes the pain of what is unknown becomes less than the pain of what is. And that's really when I start to see women think seriously about making a shift. And it is scary, right? A lot of times we don't know what that shift looks like. If we've been in the same for career for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, it seems like we're going to be a fish out of water. And in fact, you could be a fish out of water. But we really just need to spend time with ourselves 
and get really intentional, excuse me, intentional about why we want to make the move. And here's the thing that I know, why you want to make a move doesn't have to matter to anyone else, only to yourself. So you might say, I want to make a move because I have a skill set that's not being used. That's a great reason. You might say, I want to make a move because I realize I'm 40 years old and I want to actually go and do the thing I've always wanted to do. And that's a good reason as well. Again, I don't think your why has to be important to anybody but you. I love that, Katie. I will say that that's such an important point that when you come to that place where you feel disengaged, you feel not nearly as connected to the mission and vision of the company that you're working for. You feel in some way this low-grade sense of dissatisfaction. Understanding your why can be important, but as you said, only to you, right? The only person that matters is you. So I love that we talked about the why, which is the first step, but it's also important to understand how you're going to be able to leverage your skills, your contacts, and your professional brand in order to make a successful transition. And research actually indicates that you're much better off pivoting into roles that leverage the career capital that you've already built up in your career, right? Um, Over the years, you've created contacts and networks and skill sets and expertise. And drawing upon these areas of expertise in new and creative ways can be really beneficial. So how can we uh, help someone take inventory of their expertise and their career capital in order to make that pivot. Absolutely. So I think the clear thing that you just said, Linda, is that we have to take inventory. We need to have clear understanding of what we do and what we do well. And there's a trick that I use with my clients that I teach my clients to do. And, and it's a trick that I have used for myself. And that is, I want you to think about two to three times in your career that you have knocked it out of the ballpark, right? You have hit what you feel like is your home run. I then want you to relive that story. I want you to actually get out your phone, record it, say it in as much detail as possible. Then go back with a pen and paper, not a dictation, a pen and paper, because we know when we write things, it processes differently in our brain. So I want you to write down every single detail. It might take you a few minutes, but again, a pivot is not a quick process, right? You can pivot into another job pretty quickly and easily, but if you want to pivot into a different career that's meaningful and do something you love, it takes time. So you write down everything and then you go back and you really start to evaluate what happened because of you. You underline and circle things that got you fired up, right? Maybe you realize that it was leading the team to success. That was your power, power market, right? Maybe it was for me, I know um, every time I feel like I hit something out of the, the park, It was when I got to communicate in front of an audience. I got to speak in front of an audience. I loved that. That's the time when I just feel so fired up. So you start to look and see what are those things. And just because you're in one industry and you want to switch to another or even jobs, there are going to be themes that other jobs and other industries can use that you have. So it is about taking that inventory. And understanding 
if you got to spend 80% of your time, right? Like let's go back to Gallup and Strengths Finders and, and think about, you know, Gallup tells us in their workplace survey that when people are engaged at least 80% with their top talents, they are more likely to be engaged in their work. So if you're disengaged in your work and you want to make a pivot to be engaged, what would it feel like and, and be like to use your talents 80% of the time? That is a very clear indicator of where you might need to look or what you might need to do. And also having these stories and understanding, you know, how you'd like to spend 80% of your time, that sets you up to then go have conversations with your network. That sets you up to go and talk about the pivot that you want to make, which is clearly after you get clarity, that's the next step. Then you got to exactly what you said, Linda, that's when you got to take all of this years of uh, of relationships that you've built, of, of um, capital that you've built in terms of uh, relationship capital, and you've got to start to deploy that. I love this idea, Katie, of taking inventory on your career capital, because I think it's so important. And when you're in the day-to-day of doing your existing job, it becomes really hard sometimes to like lift your head up for a minute and take a minute for the self-care for you to say, I'm, you know, how do I think through this and think through it well? But I'm also a take action kind of girl. And so I'm somebody who feels like they need to be doing something in order to be making something happen. So how can someone make an action plan? Like how does someone break it down into major milestones? Like the skills they need to acquire, the people they need to meet, the things that they need to, you know, wrap up your current job. And so, you know, how do they do that prior to making the shift? Sure. So I want to start with your current job, um, because this is a place that I think a lot of people miss, right? Your head is down, as you said, Christina. And typically when you're in this place, you are, you're done, you're fried, you're ready. But I like to remind women and my clients that you still have things to learn while you're there. So don't think of it as what are you doing for the company, right? But I want you to think about from the time you want to leave to the time you leave, what can you learn about yourself? What new projects can you take on? What can you shift your mindset to say, how am I going to take this time and invest where I need to so I can take that story and that experience to my next gig, right? Um, So that's the first thing. And I think when we shift that in our mindset, it also allows us to have a little bit more fun in our current job, which for many women, they're, um, many women are crying in their cubicles and their offices or their home offices, right? Um, so, so when we pivot and look at it and reframe it in a different way, it'll give us an opportunity. But from an action standpoint, you know, one of the things that I do, Christina, is I take my clients through. Um, I start with them from the very clarity point all the way through negotiating their compensation, because I think that's also something really important. But what we have to remember is that every day we are taking action. It starts with getting clarity. It starts with your journal and your notebook, right? So the action in the beginning is really 
internal action. It's, um, it's self action. It's with yourself. And then we get to the point where what I recommend is you create a list of eight to 10 people in your sphere of influence. I want them to go through three checkpoints. Do they know, like, and trust you? Do you know, like, and trust them? And do they have any influence, right? So are they a hiring manager? Do they, are they the person that is so well connected that they're, they're connecting other people to you? Are they someone who can see the big picture? Are they someone who can automatically find the gaps when you're talking to them, right? You want to think about those things. And then you want to reach out to those people and you want to sit down with them and you want to say, Christina, I'm considering a career pivot. I'd like to talk to you about what I'd like my next role. That's that 80% of your strengths, right? Here's what I know I would like in my next role. I'm not interested in staying in the same industry or I'm not interested in staying even in the same role, right? You might realize you are in finance, but you have a pension for sales. You've been selling and influencing people within the company and you want to go do that. Right. So it's being able to talk through those stories and ask for advice. I know that might seem weird, but I like to say during this part of the process, you're a detective. You put on your detective hat and you go and you get information and you start to look at it and you say, does it match up with what I want? And so from there, you're able to take those informational meetings um, with people in your network and leverage those into either um, interviews if you know you want to go work with somebody, sometimes opportunities for partnerships or um, or ideas for a business you want to start. Um, they start to happen through those meetings. But I do think it is good to, you've got to take action. You can only do so much in your own workbook and then you got to go start telling people. It's that whole idea of you got to put it out in the universe so that the right tools and people and energy can come back to you. Agreed. I love that. And Katie, you're obviously speaking from experience, right? You yourself have had your own personal career pivot. So I love that not only do you help coach and encourage and provide guidance to women on career pivots, but you yourself has experienced that. So how did you shift? your own personal brand and mobilize your own posse, right? You have a whole entourage of people that um, surround you, that support you. Uh, You know, I say that behind every single successful woman is a whole tribe of successful women that lifted them up and had their back. So how did you get your people on board, especially the ones that you know well, and you know will always have your back? How did you pick your most trusted contacts and enlist their help? And how did you shift your own personal brand? Sure. So my story might be just a little different because I was at the point where I quit my career without a plan. I walked away from the corner office, the six figures, um, and I had no plan, none. I was also at a place where I, one, my husband and I could afford to make that decision. So I don't recommend quitting your job if you can't pay your bills, right? Um, But two, I took a lot of time. So for me, this process took six months. 
to even start to decide what I wanted to do. And I feel like I've been on a pivot for about five years, which I know sounds weird, but, but it's part of my story. And so the first thing I did was spend time with myself. Right. And then, so it's funny, one of my best friends, I'm loud. I am out there. I am. When you look at my top five strengths and strengths finders, five or four of them are in influencing and one is in relationship building. I love to share ideas and uh, get people excited about those. But one of my best friends said to me, you need to cut out the noise. So she advised me, don't go on social media and tell everybody you quit your job. Don't, you know, pick those people. And, And Linda, that was the whole thing. So the people that I started reaching out to were people that I knew, like, and trusted, people that um, know, like, and trust me. And I started to think about what did I love doing and what was connection. Uh, and so for me, the majority of my fundraising career was spent either working in women and girl organizations or, and, and, or working with women as donors. So when I was 27 years old, I was um, in charge of, uh, I was the director of women of Tocqueville at the United Way of Metropolitan Dallas. So I got to work with the top female executives in Dallas, and I could get a meeting with them at 27, 28 years old. So I knew that I loved the women and girls space. I also went to an all girls school, huge and junior league. Like women have always kind of been the theme for me. So I knew that that was going to be it. And then I sat down and I talked to people that I thought could help me. And one of the things that I want to say that might sound disheartening to some people, but I think it's important to note, is that when you decide to make a career pivot, not everyone in your sphere of influence will understand. Not everyone will be okay with it. Not everyone will support you. Uh, it was very hard for me because I feel I'm super loyal and I I love to support my friends. But sometimes that happens not because they don't believe in you. It's because they couldn't see themselves making that big of a shift. And so sometimes that's projected on you. So you got to go with your your people and your network and your sphere who are the risk takers. Because leaving your career, starting a business, pivoting, it's a risk. It is a big risk. So I would say start with those people. That's what I did. Um, When I look at my advisory board for Bold Women's Society, three of those women have been with me since I was in fundraising. They knew me back then. And they were some of the very first supporters who were some of my initial clients. Um, when I started doing free mastermind groups, they said yes. They they were the people who would text me and check on me. And, and so it is about, you know, figuring that out. And, and because I kept up the relationship, right? Again, I think everything is about a relationship. You've got to keep up with it. You've also just got to be not afraid to fail, which is really hard for women. It's, 
it's one of the number one things when I ask people why, what's stopping you? They say two things. One, I don't feel confident enough to do it. And two, I don't want to fail. And I think we've just got to start erasing those two things from our vocabulary and figuring out that we have a, an entire um, lifetime of things that we've done that are hard that show us that we have confidence. And I think we've got to become really good at embracing that failing means learning. Falling down means opportunity to do it better and different and course correct. And so that's what I did to, to get to my pivot. And um, it hasn't been easy. You know, I started out saying, I'm just going to coach business owners. And what's funny is business owners didn't want to work with me because I hadn't owned a business. But women who are like, wait, you left your job. And, and, and but people still respect you. Like, can you teach me how to do that? So I kind of accidentally fell into that. Um, but I think the other main thing when it comes to your brand is embracing the authentic you, right? I came from a world of fundraising in the early aughts to the, the, the early teens. And it was black suits and navy suits. And I like hot pink. And so I just decided to, to embrace every part of me. And, um, and I'm not afraid to do that anymore. So I think that that's a big one when you talk about staying on brand is be who you are authentically are all the time. I love that idea. And I, I love, I love the pink Katie, because I too am, you know, a woman who loves bold color, but of course today I'm in black, so that doesn't reflect it. But you know, I think at the end of the day, what you said about failing forward just resonates with so many people. And, you know, I try to think of every new opportunity that way um, and just an opportunity to learn new things. So thank you for that. It just so resonated. And the idea of authenticity is just be who you are because that's the person that people show up for. That's, that's the person that people came to engage with. And it takes so much energy to kind of, not be who you are and try to change the things about yourself that you think need to be different or more mainstream. And so um, I love that idea of really encouraging women in this community to just embrace the unique things about them. And so I've learned so much today, but final question, Katie, to close us out. So tell us and tell our listeners what the best leadership lesson you've learned on your journey while making your own pivot would be? Tell us about that. Yeah. So I would say that my best leadership, that the thing that I've learned the most is um, you can't do it all by yourself, right? Like you just can't. And, and I think when I was an executive, I thought that I could. Right. So I was 34 years old when I was named chief development officer. That's pretty young. I first promotion 24. Right. And so I quickly went up because I was a great individual contributor. And even though I had a team, I didn't really understand how to mobilize my team. I didn't really understand delegation. And as I've pivoted, you know, when I was doing executive coaching, totally just that before Bold Women's Society, I was doing all of it on my own. And what I realized when I built Bold Women's Society was I can't do it by myself. 
And I think that we as leaders, um, we have to embrace that. I've coached so many women who, you know, move from, you know, manager to director, director to VP, VP to C-suite. And each time we make that jump, we've got to really get good at delegating to people, at finding people's strengths, at encouraging them to use it. We've got to dig into the fact that you shouldn't be the smartest person on your team. If you are, that's a problem, right? You should be hiring people who can take your spot. You should be engaging with people who um, who have skill sets and strengths that complement your own. Because I really believe that no matter what you're doing, if you are a leader and you are doing something bigger than yourself, you can't do it by yourself. So I would say that's my number one takeaway that I've had to learn over the last five years. And it's freeing. That's the other thing that I would tell you. When you figure out how to let people help you, it's really freeing because you're like, I would have to be perfect at everything, right? And I think it's a lot more fun too. I mean, I will say that the reason I love working in teams is that everyone brings such a diversity of perspectives, such a diversity of ideas, and it makes any, any initiative or project that I'm responsible for not only that much better, but it's also that much more fun because you're learning along the way and you're exchanging yes. ideas and you're being influenced by new perspectives and new ideas. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's a um, explosion of creativity or envy yes. if you allow people who offer a completely different perspective to voice their unique ideas and express their unique perspectives, right? So I agree with you. And I will say this, Linda, from the perspective of the other thing I've really had to learn over the last five years is that our ego is not our friend, right? Our ego is there to protect us. And in many ways, it stops us. So when we say we don't want to hear other people's ideas, we don't want, we want ours to be the best. That's our ego talking. So I think that that, so it's coupled with, I'm going to allow other people to have a part and do the thing, but I'm going to also check my ego and say, I don't have to be the one with the best idea. I don't have to be the one that's going to kick the ball down the field always. Um, And that, that also, those two things coupled together. I think allow us to be in the space, Linda, that we can have other people be part of the conversation, even things like this, right? Uh, We all have the same goal of helping women. And so if we don't talk to each other and we say, well, they're doing this and we're doing this, that's our ego. As we've said, we want to collaborate. We want to come together. so I think that's something for, for so many of us to, to really get right with ourselves and say, thanks, ego, for trying to protect me. I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and, and let other people in on what we're doing. That is so smart. So smart. Katie, I just really want to thank you for uh, being able to spend this hour with us and talk about such a critically important uh, topic. And because I think everyone in their career at some point has said, am I in the right job for me? Am I really utilizing my skills and talents in the best way? Is this a company that still fits for my life design, where I want to move my life? Does this still fit for me? But as you noted, that could be a really scary, daunting question. So um, I just really want to thank you. 
Thank you all. Thank you so much. Uh, and, and here's the other thing, Linda, when you say the right company, sometimes it's hard because that was the right company three, four, five, ten 10 years ago. It doesn't mean that it's bad. You're an ever-growing, ever-expanding human being. So sometimes the perfect place five years ago is just not the perfect place anymore. Agreed, Katie. It's just, uh, it, today's been awesome. You have been such an amazing guest to have on our podcast. We're so grateful. Thank you for your time. I think the listeners are going to absolutely connect and really just appreciate um, just your perspective from today. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. And we're just grateful. Thank y'all. Thank you, Katie. Join us next week. And we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, but look for more really authentic, genuine, and transparent conversations in the weeks to come. Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power, and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.